I think we need to watch the Harlem Shake video again a little bit later. We're, we're going to need round two, but um, I had someone come up to me specifically. Specifically, someone said, did you see your wife's legs in that video? <laughs> they noticed it? They not only noticed, they re-watched it <laughs> just to watch. Okay, you guys are going to have to look for the kicking feet in the background. And I heard you, like, waving something? Yeah, I'm waving a scarf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kicking. Yeah. How That's... did they even know it was me? Um, I don't know. I will just say it's a girl. It was a girl. It was a girl. You know them legs anywhere. <laughs> oh man. Well, you guys, I have been looking forward to uh, to Tuesday um, every week, every week, every week. But uh, tonight, Megan and I are both up here because we want to share uh, some very big news, and it's not that we're having a baby. Um, is it just me or everybody thinks that? Everybody thinks that. Everybody thinks that. I feel like I'm letting everybody down. <laughs> no, I just I, I feel like I'll go into a coffee shop and I'll see someone from like church and then I'll be like, hey, how are you? And they're like, oh, I'm good. And they're like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm okay. And they're like, are you having a baby? I'm like, no, I'm just I'm one, I'm a man, but then two, I don't I don't know. It's just it's weird. Oh, uh, man. But um, actually, you know, Megan and I are up here to share some very big news with you guys. Um, over the past uh, few months, we've just been praying and seeking God uh, over something that started to stir inside of me. And then I shared it with Megan about a month after that. But um, uh, God is calling us to step away from Gateway. And so we wanted to share that with you guys first. Uh, the public doesn't know. Um, the church staff found out this morning, uh, a few of our leaders found out Sunday night, and now we're sharing it with you guys. Um, it has easily been the hardest decision we've ever had to make, um, and it has nothing to do with not loving you guys. In fact, uh, if it were up to me, uh, we would stay. But almost connected to this series, we're talking about the voice, and, um, and I just have so clearly sensed God's voice uh, to be here, and over the past four years, it's been so clear and now uh, I've sensed God's voice calling us away. And that has been very hard in every sense. And so I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, there's a lot of questions I know that people will have. And so we want to be able to answer those as best we can. But uh, middle schoolers, you guys are going to go to groups tonight. And your group leader is going to be able to share as much as they can with you. But feel free to ask questions. Uh, high schoolers and college age, we'll be in here. And, and I'm going to preach tonight and we're going to talk. But um, uh, I want you to hear that I am forever in love with Remnant, and uh, has nothing to do with you guys, but instead it's a, it's a passion that God's placed inside my heart to, to follow Him, and, uh, and He's called us here, and now He's calling us to pursue school, and so I'll be pursuing graduate school in Seattle, and, uh, and Megan will continue to work in Seattle like she has, but um, we're going to be raising up someone else to take this place, and um, I want you guys to know that, uh, that's, that, that we don't say that lightly. Um, I just, I have, I don't even know the words to say, but it's so hard to imagine not being here on a Tuesday or a Sunday or at a camp or at a retreat because uh, you guys honestly have changed my life. Uh, I'm not the person that I would have been had I not been here four years ago. And I know that so many of you would say that, you know, being around here has changed you, but I can guarantee you that God has man poured into us just as much. And so we want to say thank you for all the years that we've had together, but also to know that uh, 
man, in the same way that God's calling us on, on this new adventure, we know that God's calling you guys uh, on an adventure. That God doesn't just speak to us because we're pastors and pastors' wives, but actually God has something that he wants to share with each of you. And so this series is going to help you sh- sort of understand that. But um, tonight we want to pray. We want to pray for us together as a group that uh, we would remember it's not about any one person. It's actually about what God's doing through us as a group. And that we would pray for that next person, that God would be preparing them, uh, preparing their heart, and giving them a passion for this area. And, um, and so Megan's going to pray, and then I'll, I'll kind of close after you start and pray. But um, we want to let you guys know that we love you more than we can share. And uh, I'm probably going to, at some point, get choked up tonight because I've just had such a hard time even thinking about this conversation. But if you have questions and you want to talk to us, grab us. We want to be here for you guys. And um, just so you know the time frame, uh, we're working as a team, as a church, to transition but uh, it looks like right now the plan is that my last Tuesday will be April 9th. And so that's coming up. But in that time, we're going to have a plan that will just carry Remnant to the next level. And, uh, and if, if you're a leader here, if you're a group leader, can you just stand up for a second? Um, where are all our group leaders? Let's just see those guys stand up. I want you to know that uh, each and every one of these leaders is what makes Remnant. It's not just two of us up front. It's each and every person that's here and investing into you. And so can we just give our leaders a hand for a second? All right, thank you guys. You guys can grab a seat. Um, but like I said, please feel free to ask us questions, to grab us, and, uh, and know that we look forward to the next couple months together and to what God does in you and in this place beyond uh, when, we, when we transition. And so uh, let's, let's pray together tonight, you guys. God, thank you so much for bringing us together tonight and thank you so much for what we've seen you do in the last four years that we've been here um we've seen your hand move in students individually and in us as a group and in lance and i individually and um father those are memories we'll never forget and um lord i just pray that um lord god i just thank you that you dream dreams for us that are bigger than our what we dream for ourselves and you challenge us to step into new things and I pray for everyone here and for Lance and I to have the courage and the boldness to take steps that you're calling us towards, whether that's um, whatever that next step, if it's a baptism or if it's something new. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would give us the courage and the strength to follow you when you call us forward. And um, God, I just pray um, for the future of Remnant. Lord, I pray for your guidance and your provision and um, your faithfulness, Lord. Um, I know you just have huge visions for the, um, this group here today. And, um, God, we just um, pray that forward in your name. Lord, um, tonight it's with, with a heavy heart that we stand and, um, and are in your presence. Uh, God, and I know inside of me I hold, uh, I hold sadness, Lord, but I also hold hope. And, and I pray that you would show me personally how to, how to move into that season where there's such a mixture of emotions. But, Lord, would you continue to make your voice clear in the lives of everybody in this room? God, I pray that when we face those moments, and we all will, where we stand on the edge of something new, and, God, we wonder uh, what, what the details are. We wonder if it's worth it. We wonder if it's really you. God, that you would always give us the boldness to follow you. 
And we know, Lord, that living in the center of your will isn't the safest place for us that we may experience harm. But God, it is the best place for us because where you are, Lord, that's where we want to be. God, we want to be like Moses and say, if you don't go, Lord, we don't want to go there. And I pray that as a group, Remnant would be marked by hearing your voice and always following through. And so tonight, God, uh, in in the tough parts, we choose to be faithful. Uh, and, And even tonight, for each of us, I pray you show us what that means. We love you. We give you this night. We give you the future of this place, this church, and Lord, our own lives. In your name, everyone said. Amen. Amen. And so you guys, uh, come here. Um, let's, uh, let's all stand for a second. Let's all stand. Uh, I know it's not easy news. And, um, and so what we're going to do, this isn't going to smooth over the news, but we're going to watch that Harlem Shake video one more time. And we're going to watch Megan's legs. Okay, so let's look at this video and let's look for Megan's legs together. Don't listen for their answer. I just said ask, okay? Nobody really. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm working through some things. I'm working through some things. Uh, well, you guys, it is good to be here, even with the big news. Um, I've been looking forward to sharing this talk in particular because, man, what a, what a time in the conversation for the season that I'm in and really the season we're all in, uh, hearing from God. And uh, it's a crazy topic. If you're here and you're new to church, you probably think we're even crazier because we think we can hear from a God who you can't see. Like, what is that about? Um, but I want to challenge you to stick with us tonight. And let me ask you this. Have you ever missed, raise your hand if you've ever missed an important phone call. You've ever missed an important phone call. Okay, good. What if you don't have a phone? Oh, that's okay. You probably had a call that you at some point missed, and even if it wasn't your phone. Um, one time, I had a friend call me. True story, this is crazy. And uh, he left me this message, and he said, Hey, Lance, um, call me back when you have the chance as soon as you can. I can't really tell you much until you call me. And he just left it like that. And so I remember I had just woken up from a nap, and I was this close to not calling him back. Because if you don't tell me why, I mean, what, do I, what? come on, I don't know. And so I just decided, all right, I'll call him back. So I call him back, and he says, hey, I'm glad you called. Um, kind of got this news. My dad can't go on this trip with my family to New York. Um, and so I want to invite you to take his place. And we'll pay for everything, including uh, going to see you too in concert. And, uh, and I said, I am glad I... I called you back. And he said, I just, he's like, I had all these friends that I could invite. And so I decided the way that I was going to give this trip away was I'm going to call these friends. And I left messages with all of them. And whoever called me back first would, uh, would get the trip. And so I remember thinking, wow, I'm so glad I called you back. But there were other times where I've missed important phone calls and I, I couldn't go back on them. Uh, family members who are in the military and they get like one phone call, right? A boot camp missed it. Uh, family members who are traveling overseas and they're going to be gone for a while and I can't and, and missed it. Uh, and so maybe you're in that place too, you've missed it, but um, I think it's kind of uh, connected to this idea of hearing God's voice. Um, tonight, I wonder if you would say there are times in your life where you feel like uh, you're just not hearing God at all, and the Bible's going to paint this picture that maybe it's not because God's not trying to talk to you, but like that phone call, maybe we've just missed it. And sometimes that happens. And we miss it for lots of reasons, right? Sometimes your phone battery dies at a very inconvenient time. Uh, sometimes you are in a place with no reception, seemingly. Sometimes the room is too loud and you just don't hear it. Sometimes your phone is on silent and uh, then you just miss it because you thought your phone was on, you know, ring and it wasn't. And so there are reasons like that in our lives that we don't hear God speaking. But it doesn't mean that God's not speaking. It doesn't mean that your friend didn't try to call you or text you. Your parents weren't trying to call you. There are all these different reasons. 
And so there's some people in that boat. But then I think the other side is this. Have you ever had uh, your phone in your pocket and you think it was ringing and vibrating and you reach for it and you're like slapping your pocket like, wait, wait, and you pull it out and nothing, right? Anybody had that happen? Yes, okay. Uh, you know, they call that a phantom ring, a phantom ring. And actually I've heard that it's medically like a thing. And so the phantom ring is common. I've had it happen. I have been convinced that someone was calling me and it was just a phantom ring. But... I think sometimes there's these phantom rings spiritually, right? And maybe you know people like this. You walk outside and it's cloudy. Oh my gosh, God is angry with me, right? And they just interpret the bad weather as like God is punishing you because he he knew you lied last night, right? God knows you lied and so he's going to make it rain on you. Not like money rain, like make it actually rain on you. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe your car battery dies at an inconvenient place and you had just had a really mean conversation with someone. You're like, gosh, I, my car died because I just had that conversation and I was a jerk to that person. And so you interpret it as, uh, that must be gone. That must be gone. And so in the same way that we reach for our phone, but it's not really ringing, there are people in life who are reaching quickly like, oh, that's God calling. Oh, that's God speaking. And they over-spiritualize everything. And maybe you're in a family or you're with friends and your friends have a way of just over-spiritualizing everything, right? And tonight I want us to come back to a story that is hard to believe, but it's one that shows us how God likes to speak. Okay, it's how God likes to speak. So if you have a Bible, pull that bad boy out. Pull that bad boy out. And uh, turn with me to Proverbs 27.6. Proverbs 27.6. Or digitally on your phone. That would be a great way as well. And here is what it says. Wounds from a... Oh, yeah, there it is. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. In in other words, uh, sometimes we think that when it comes to hearing God, it's always going to be like nice things, right? And so we would say it's better to be like getting kisses from an enemy than it is to hear the hard stuff from a close friend. And so the Bible paints that picture about friends, and sometimes we lay that picture on uh, on God as well. But here's here's what also I want us to think about. You guys know there was this story we've referred to back a couple times in the last couple weeks where Jesus is in a desert... And he's being tempted by Satan. And when he's being tempted by Satan, Jesus says this to Satan one time. Man does not live on what alone? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God. And so Jesus paints this picture that in life we need more than just like, you know, sustenance physically. We need something to live on spiritually. And so Jesus paints this picture that the way you get words from God to live on, the way that you hear from God is one in his word. And so what I want us to think about tonight is this. Uh, we've got this phrase on the screen. If you're not hearing from God and you, you're a follower of Jesus tonight and you're, you're like, man, I don't hear from God ever and I'm not hearing from God right now, then I want to suggest that you're probably not receiving all that you need to live the life that God's calling you. That if you're not hearing from God, if if you're not getting guidance and you feel like God's not revealing himself to you, then it's possible that you might also feel like you don't have what it takes to face the challenge in front of you. You don't have what it takes to to face the situation that seems hopeless or a situation that feels like there's no way this is going to end well. But tonight I want to suggest that God wants to speak because God knows that when he speaks, he's giving us things that we need to face That he's allowing us to face. And so in this series we've talked about who are people that God spoke to. And what is it about that conversation that might speak to a conversation God wants to have with me. 
And so last week we talked about a, a guy named Samuel and a priest named Eli. Anybody remember anything uh, about Samuel and Eli? Just anything at all? Any any uh, fun facts you remember? What's that? There was a, the book of Eli. Yes, I think that might be a different take on the story. Um, what else? Any? Yeah. Yeah. It would be like someone kind of just brought him to Eli and said, take care of Samuel. And so Eli kind of raised Samuel. That's true. And then there was this one night where something weird happened to Samuel. Anybody remember what happened that night? God called him. Yeah, exactly. And Samuel thought it was Eli. And so Samuel's laying in bed and he gets woken up by someone saying, uh, Samuel. And so Samuel gets up, walks in the other room and Eli's like, what are you doing? And Samuel's like, well, you called me. And he's like, no, it wasn't me. So he goes back to bed and it happens a couple times. And finally, Eli, who's kind of wise about things relating to God and how to, how to live for God. He says, Samuel, I think God's trying to talk to you. So next time that you hear that, respond to God. And so that sets in motion this crazy conversation between Samuel, just a young guy and God. Crazy, right? Young guy talking to God. And so what I want you guys to hear tonight is that um, if you're here, just because you're young doesn't mean that God doesn't want to speak to you. In fact, God's trying to speak to all his people all the time. And God's not limited in what he can say. You might have a friend who thinks they can talk to like five people at once. Anybody know that friend, right? They're like, you go to hang out with them and they think they can talk to you and text and call and I am someone and their mom's like in the background. And you're like, dude, I'm just trying to like talk to you right now. God's not like that. The Bible actually paints this picture that God can give you his full infinite attention and give the person sitting next to you his full infinite attention. God's not limited by the things that we're limited by. And so God wants to speak tonight, and we're going to talk about one of the craziest stories, and it involves someone named Balaam. Everyone say, Balaam. Balaam. Uh, Let me paint the picture for you as you guys turn to the book of Numbers. As you guys turn to Numbers chapter 22. Okay, so if you have a Bible, flip there, Numbers 22. um, And we're going to talk about how we got to this point in the story. The, the story picks up, and this group of people called the Israelites, everyone say Israelites. You guys have heard of them. That was about two of you. Everyone say Israelites. Israelites. Okay. God's people. They were told they were going to go into the promised land. And so they started that direction, and then they started to disbelieve God. They started to doubt God. And so because of their unbelief, God forced them to wander in the desert for 40 years. You probably heard that story. But then God brought them back to the promised land and said, now you get to take in the promised land. And so this is where our story picks up. And they're in a place called Moab. Everyone say Moab. Everyone's like, man, there are weird names in the Bible. Like, why can't it just be normal names? Normal names like, I don't know, um, uh, anybody know of a place called like Suquamish? Like, isn't that, I mean, come on, right? Like, uh, I'm just saying, Gorst? What kind of name for a city is Gorst, right? Don't hate on Moab, okay? I'm just saying, the Bible has weird names. We've got weird names. Let's all just embrace the weirdness of the names. I think the only difference is like the Moab, if if you were from Moab, you would be called a Moabite. But if you're from like Suquamish, a Squamp tonight? What if you're from Gorst? A Gorstinian. Okay, I like that. A Gorstinian. Good times. All the Gorstinians listening, we've got a lot of love for you. So um, the Moabites 
are hanging out in Moab and they're enjoying Moab and they like Moab as it is. But then the Moabites hear about these people called the Israelites, okay, because they're from Israel. And, and so anyways, the Israelites start making their way to this region called Moab. And they're not just like um, popular because everybody loves them. The Israelites are popular because of their God. The Moabite, Moabites kind of heard this God that the Israelites believe in does crazy things. He parts oceans. He sends plagues. And so the Moabites heard about this and the news made it to the king of Moab. And the king of Moab sees this coming and he's like, man, I got to do something because I don't want what happened to all these other people groups to happen to the Moabites. And so he calls in his secret weapon and that is Balaam. Everyone say Balaam. That name is going to be stuck in your head. And so uh, the king of the Moabites, his name is Balak. Everyone say Balak. I've decided that the, like, this portion of the Bible just has the hardest B names ever. I don't know why. It just, it's just going to happen, okay? So let me tell you guys where the story starts. Balak, the king of Moab, is going to try to call in his secret weapon. And his secret weapon is a guy who's got a reputation for being able to curse people and they actually get cursed. For being able to bless people and they actually get blessed. And so the king's secret plan is, I'm going to call in this guy and he's going to curse the Israelites and it's going to work. And then we'll be safe. Okay, then we'll be protected. So here's where the story picks up. You guys can follow along. So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor. How many weird B names can we fit in like two sentences? So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor near the Euphrates River. Seriously, Bible, help us out. And so his message said this, okay? If you could like sneak peek on his like Facebook message, we actually got it. Here's what it says. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. Okay, let me, ladies in the room, let me just ask you this. If a guy... Um, was standing in the hallway at school, and you and your friends just left the bathroom, because it's a group of you, always, okay? So a group of girls leaves the bathroom, and your friend, we'll call him Richard. Your friend Richard, your friend Richard sees this group of girls coming out of the bathroom, and he, he looks over to his other friend, Nolan, and he says, Nolan, here comes the horde. <laughs> Ladies, let me just ask you, how do you feel about Nolan and Richard right now? You feel pretty good? You're like, man, these guys are my friends and they're always just saying nice things about me. No. Okay, if you're going to learn new things tonight, fellas, I know Valentine's Day's passed, but you can start preparing for next time. Okay, don't call girls in any number or quantity a horde. Because it just sounds wrong, one, and it might come out the wrong way. But also, you just don't call people in groups that you like, hordes. That just doesn't happen. And so we know right away from the first part of this sentence that Balak doesn't feel very good about this group. Or else he would have said something like, look, a great group of people that I love is coming. He says, no, a vast horde of people have arrived from Egypt. And what have they come to do? They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Okay, he's being pretty clear. They threaten me. So he's saying, please come and curse these people for me because they're too powerful for me. And then perhaps I'll be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. Okay? So, so that's kind of the game plan. 
Balak sends this message. The messengers carry it to Balaam. Balaam says something very clear. Okay? He doesn't say, forget you, but he says, I'm going to report back to you guys what I hear God say. So he says, give me a night. I'm going to talk to God, and then I'll tell you what God says. But here's something that Balaam must have known. If you are a king, you are wealthy, and Balaam knew that. Okay, Balaam knew that. And so I want you guys uh, just to realize that Balak is very wealthy. And so for me, the way I remember that is another B word. And I'm going to help you help me help us remember this. Okay, so Balak is a baller. Okay, so everyone's just going to say that on three. One, two, three. Balak is a baller. Okay, so you're just going to remember that. The guy's got money. The guy's got power. But still didn't feel like his money or power was enough to conquer this God. Okay. So Balaam says, I'm going to talk to God. So far, so good. Balaam wants to talk to God before he makes a big decision. That seems pretty good. Let's continue. Uh, We're going to look at where the story picks up after that. And so um, we're going to look at the key player in, uh, in this story is a little deceptive. The key player that everyone talks about when they mention the story of Balaam is uh, one of his pets. Anybody know what we're talking about? A donkey. Okay, so um, Nolan, help us out. Boom. <laughs> Talking donkey. Yeah, Disney, Pixar, you guys think you came up with this story? Thieves. DreamWorks? DreamWorks. No, I, I don't know. That, you know, so this talking donkey is not Eddie Murphy's voice, but I've kind of felt like it's fun to enjoy imagining Eddie Murphy's voice in the story. Okay, so as we get to that point, I just want you to picture Eddie Murphy as the voice of Balaam's donkey. I, I, I probably would really butcher an Eddie Murphy impersonation, but maybe, maybe I would. We'll see. We'll see. Be patient. Be patient. Okay. So you guys have your Bibles. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22, and it's verse 21. Okay, Numbers chapter 22, verse 21. And I've got it here. You've got it there. We're going to put it on the screen. Here's what it says. Yeah, you can read silently on the screen as we follow along. Here we go. Numbers 22. It says this. So the next morning, okay, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. Pause. Before he actually chose to go, He actually had to come before God a couple times. The first time the messengers came to Balaam, Balak uh, had sent the messengers. They show up. Balaam says this, let me talk to God. So he he has a night of talking to God, comes back, and he says, uh, God says I can't go. That was his response. But Balaam didn't tell them the whole story. God actually said, don't go with them because who I've chosen to bless, I'm going to bless. And so what Balaam sort of hears is, I can't go. And so he goes over to the messenger and says, guys, I can't go. And so they leave. And they go to Balak and they say, guess what? Balaam, your secret weapon can't come back with us. And so they say, send, send some more money his way. And so the messengers go back to Balaam and they say, hey, we've got lots of money this time. Will you come with us now? And so Balaam says again, let me think about it. Let me talk to God and I'll let you know. Okay. And then God says again, don't go with them. And so finally, the third time, Balaam hears from God that you can go with them, but God says this, but only do what I tell you to do. And so Balaam wakes up the next day and he saddled his donkey because he heard from God, I can go with him. And this is where we pick it up. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. 
So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. That's a pretty good way to block someone's path. Send an angel. As Balaam and the two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. Everyone say, that's weird. That's, that's a little weird, okay? That's pretty normal. Okay, so um, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. If you were to write this story and you had an angel in the middle of the road, you would think that the people would notice the angel first, okay? But that's not what we hear. We hear that the donkey noticed the angel first. So the donkey bolted, <laughs> the donkey bolted off the road into the field and Balaam didn't feel very good about this. But Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Everyone say, Balaam, you're a jerk. Balaam, you're a jerk, okay? Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed. Okay, so it would be like, you know, angel of the Lord is here and then he sees them coming again. So he gets to a place where it's more narrow and the angel of the Lord stands there. And so the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord again, okay, we still don't think the people see it. It tried to squeeze by the angel of the Lord and in between the wall and it crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Okay, Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. Okay, so donkey's trying to out with the angel. Angel's like, um, newsflash, donkey, I'm an angel. And so he goes down a little farther. He outsmarts the donkey. And this time, when the donkey saw the angel, it just laid down. Okay, donkey sees the angel. like, I'm not even trying, right? Just lays down in the middle of the road. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Verse 28. When the Lord gave, or then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. Okay, it gets even crazier. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. If you're an English major or you take English at school, this is one of the most profound it statements like in all the bible okay so remember what have i done to you that deserves your beating me three times it asked balaam it is a donkey okay it is speaking right now and it should be weird to you okay that should stand out like donkeys don't speak and so this is weird and let's see what else he says oh that's unfortunate You have made me look like a fool. That's what it really says. You've made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. Just notice how Balaam's arguing with a donkey at this point. So I think that would be fun to watch. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But but I am the same donkey you've ridden all your life. The donkey answers with like this emotional response. I'm the same donkey you've ridden all your life. Have I ever done anything like this before? And then, well, no, Balaam admitted. Oh, there we go. Then the Lord appeared, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And that's a big, big statement. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Verse 32. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me and we just got this last section here three times the donkey saw me and shied away otherwise i would have certainly killed you by now and spared the donkey 
Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with these men, but again, say only what I tell you to say. Okay, guys, so it's a crazy story. And, and just to summarize, Balaam is told by God, you can go, but only say what I tell you to say. Only do what I tell you to do. And so he goes, and right away, something is off. And so God says, angel, go and stop Balaam. Angel goes, tries to stop Balaam. Donkey is like interacting, trying to get away from the angel. Balaam doesn't see the angel. And then finally, God allows this donkey to speak. And they have this conversation that gets interrupted by an angel where finally Balaam figures out what's going on. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to, if you're not sitting next to someone, slide over next to someone and you have two minutes, okay? Two minutes to answer this question. I think we might got on the screen for you. What stands out to you about the story? Okay, like before we get into this, before the pastor tries to make sense of a talking donkey, like what, what stands out to you about this story? So maybe sound guys, you guys can cue some light, uh, you know, enjoyment music in the background for us. And we will have this conversation after two minutes, we're going to come back, but everyone should be asking this. What stands out to you about this story? Bring it back in. So who uh, who feels bold enough to share one of the things that stood out to them? Anybody? Feeling courageous? Yeah, what stood out to you? Oh, God value how the donkey felt. Okay, that's good. I, I thought like, in a way that when the donkey was saying um, the angel of Mm-hmm. That's good. He, yeah, how he thought it was the donkey the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, I'm glad you said that. We're going to come back to that. Any, anybody else? The fact that God sent, told him to go. Then he put this angel in his path. Then once they, they realize who he is, he tells them, well, we have my permission to go again. So pretty much what we got out of it is God is just re- reinforcing his strength that he is there and you have to listen to him. You know, yeah. do not disobey what I have told you. Yeah. Don't disobey what I've told you. Cool. Yeah, let's go Kaylee and then we'll be wrapped up, I think.
Yeah. Right. That's so good. So good. Okay, I'm going to kind of tie Kaylee's answer and and, um, and a few other people's together. I, I like you guys pointed those out. Um, that actually, just quick side note, that kind of speaks to one of the things that's important to us here at Remnant is groups, and and here's why. Like, just because I'm up in front doesn't mean I have all the best things to say. You guys have so much to show each other, both just from your experience and from your perspective on what God's saying. And so we say sometimes that circles are better than rows. Okay, right now you're in rows, all facing the front, one person, and supposedly this one person is like the keeper of all smart things with the Bible. But that's not true. Okay, the Bible actually says that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to me. God wants to speak to his people. And so when you get into rows, uh, there's something that can happen there. But when you get into a circle, man, and you're kind of facing each other and you guys are doing life together, something so special can happen as you share life. And so if you're not in a group, shout out to groups. Groups are amazing. But um, so Paul pointed out something kind of weird. Uh, Moab means trash heap. Okay, that, that's profound in and of itself. But here's what's cool. It's like this guy was from Moab and he was known as a seer or a prophet, but not necessarily one of God's chosen prophets. And so he did have a relationship with God. Clearly God spoke to him and he spoke to God. But the Bible doesn't ever say that he was a part of God's chosen people and that he was uh, in a good relationship with God. And so here's the first thing. Tonight you're here and you're like, I've got a reason to feel like my relationship with God is a little bit out of whack. I'm here and, and I've done this thing and if God knew about it or if the people next to me knew about it, man, they would just see how clearly I'm missing the mark. They'd see how clearly I'm not in the kind of relationship with God that I should be. And you just got to hear like right away, neither was Balaam. Balaam actually, we'll find out later, it's possible that he would use his gift to like bless and to curse in a way that wasn't godly at all. And he would do it for money. And so he did have this gift and he was in kind of a relationship with God, but it wasn't the relationship with God that God wants for him. It wasn't the best relationship with God. And so in a lot of ways, we're in the same boat with Balaam. We've got stuff that we think keeps us from God. Balaam did too. And yet what stands out is that God is using Balaam to move God's purposes forward. Crazy. Okay, that just kind of messes with me first of all. But here's what I want to turn our attention back to. When you look at chapter 22, when we first see the messenger come, and the messenger comes and says, hey, will you come back, and will you bless, and will you curse, and will you do this thing for us? And Balaam says, let me talk to God. It starts off great. And I don't know about you, but when I have big decisions, or someone says, you should talk to God about it, I kind of start that direction, and like Balaam, it starts off good. And so Balaam comes to God, and here's exactly what God says to him, okay? God asks, who are these men visiting you? And Balaam tells him who it is. But then verse 12, okay, chapter 22, verse 12 says this. But God told Balaam, don't go with them. And he got that part right. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. Okay, so he's heard that from God. Now, you would think he would tell that to the people. But here's what he says in verse 13, the very next verse. Um, Where'd it go? Here we go. Okay, verse 12, God told Balaam, do not go with them. You're not to curse these people for they've been blessed. So the next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. (laughs) 
Go on home, the Lord won't let me go with you. And in this moment, I'm reminded of conversations that maybe you've had, kind of awkward conversations when, um, let me just ask this. Have you ever had a parent that doesn't like one of your friends? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> People are pointing. Don't point to your friends that your parents don't like. Um, so let's say your parent doesn't like a friend. And you know, you get the text, hey, want to come over and spend the night? You're like, yes, of course I want to go. Let me talk to my parents. Okay, you go over and talk to your parents. Hey, can I go hang out with, uh, you know, Tommy? <laughs> and your parents are like, Tommy is the worst influence on your life. And you're like, so that's a no. <laughs> and then you go over here and your friend's like, hey, what did your mom say? And you're like, my mom said I can't go. Is that true? Yes. yes. Is that all your mom said? No. But you don't want to tell your friend that, right? You don't want to be like, my mom hates you, dude. <laughs> like, you don't want to say that. You kind of want to preserve the friendship. And that's kind of what Balaam is doing here, right? God says, don't go. And Balaam's like, okay, don't go. And he latches onto that. And then when, when God says to tell that to these people, all he says is, God said, I can't go with you guys. <laughs> my God doesn't like you, <laughs> right? That's, but there's more to the story. God goes on and says, I'm going to bless them. Don't curse who I'm blessing. In other words, these are my chosen people. And I just wonder what would have happened if Balaam actually brought that message to the messengers. Like if Balaam had the courage to say the full story. The full story. And so what I hope that we catch tonight is sometimes when God speaks, we latch on to part of it, but we don't want to hear the rest of it. Right? God says something in our life and we want to hear the part that's easy and comfortable, but maybe we don't want to hear the rest. And so I hope that you guys catch that tonight because God gave uh, Balaam a very good reason not to go. But Balaam chose not to share that reason. He just said, I can't go. And so what we see in Balaam's life is this sort of partial obedience, sort of quasi-obedience. It's a little bit of obedience. And, and a lot of people would say that's the reason the angel stepped in and said, I need to make sure you understand that you're only supposed to do what I call you to do. You're only supposed to say what I call you to say. And so as we uh, move on in the story tonight, I, I wonder if you guys would just say, man, is there a place in my life where I've kind of listened to part of what God's saying, but not all of it? The comfortable part, but not the hard part. The easy part but not the I don't understand part. Okay, so that's the first thing. Here's the other thing. God still let him go. God still let him go. And that kind of messes with me. But what we find out a little later on in the story is that um, Balaam had this kind of bad habit for, like I said, using his gift to make money. He would use his ability to curse or to bless to get money from people. And so what we're going to see, and I'll share this in just a moment, is that that was disobedient to what God wanted him to do. That was sin. And what we're seeing is that God let Balaam chase his desire to make money, even though it was sin. Okay, God let Balaam chase his desire to make money, even though it was sin. Because remember, Balak was a baller. Balak had money, Balak had power, and Balaam knows that, okay? Balaam knows that, and you're going to find out how we see that play out. But one of the things I hope you guys see is that God will allow us to chase our own sin. In your life, in my life, God will let you chase your own sin. And you get into a relationship, and, and you have sex, and you, you do whatever you want, you go to parties, and then later on, you, I've, talked to, I've talked to, honestly, too many people to count. 
And where they say, why didn't God just step in and not let me do that? God will allow you to chase your sin. And he has from the beginning. God will give you a choice. But God's not only going to let you chase. God's going to reach out to you. God's going to persist in trying to get a hold of you. And he'll even use an animal. And some of you tonight are like, that's the weirdest thing. I don't believe that. I think the Bible's dumb. Okay. Why is God using animals? I want to tell you guys a story. Um, there's this uh, gorilla, okay, named Binti. Everyone say Binti. Binti. Um, Binti Jua was a western lowland gorilla. I feel like I'm on like, an animal planet. And uh, he lived in a zoo in Illinois. And he's most well known for this one instance. Okay, this is crazy. I'm just going to read it straight from so I don't, I don't mess this up. Binti is most well known for an incident which occurred on August 16th, 1996. Who was born before 1996? Yes, okay, good, not too old. Um, but when, when Binti, the gorilla, was eight years old, a three-year-old boy climbed the wall around her zoo enclosure and fell 18 feet onto concrete, Okay. So Binti inside the enclosure, little three-year-old boy climbing, fell 18 feet onto concrete inside the enclosure. And when he fell, he broke his hand, he had a gash on his face, and he was unconscious. Okay? So that's what happened. Then Binti, the gorilla, is inside the enclosure and runs over to the boy as people all around are like, oh my gosh, if that wasn't bad enough, this is about to get a whole lot worse. But Binti walked to the boy's side. And while helpless spectators screamed, certain the gorilla would harm the child, another larger, okay, larger female gorilla approached. And Binti growled. I don't know what it sounds, but it probably was intense. Binti, the first gorilla, picked up the child, cradled him with her right arm as she did her own infant, gave him a few pats on the back, and carried him 59 feet specifically to an access entrance so that the zoo personnel could retrieve him. Her 17-month-old baby, Kula, clutched her back throughout the whole thing. The boy spent four days in the hospital and recovered fully. Check this picture out. Animals are dumb, right? God can't use animals, right? I just hope that we hear tonight that the things in the Bible, God has a way of proving true. Okay, God has a way of doing what he wants to do with purposes that he chooses to use. If God wants to use an animal to save the boy's life, God will use an animal to save the boy's life. God wants to use a donkey to get a hold of Balaam, or God will use a donkey to get a hold of Balaam. God has a way of using his purposes to get in touch with us. You know, tonight, as I was thinking about um, all of this, I, I wanted you to really be sure about this big claim that I'm making here, that Balaam had purposes that weren't honoring God in all of this. And so let's pretend that you just stopped reading the story in Numbers and you decided, I'm going to flip to the New Testament in the Bible because the New Testament's easier to understand. The New Testament is where Jesus is, and so I'm going to go there. So turn to Second Peter. If you have your Bible, turn to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 15. And we've got it on the screen for you here, I think. No, we don't. Second <laughs> Peter 2, 15. Just kidding. Here's what it is, okay? I hope uh, we all listen in. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. 
But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. So 2 Peter 2, verse 15 and 16, bring up the story of Balaam. You know, all throughout the Bible, since Numbers, all the way through 2 Peter, you don't really hear about Balaam. And then he pops up again in a section where the Bible is teaching about false teachers. The Bible is saying, look out for these people because they're going to seem to do right, but they're actually harming you. And so Balaam seemed to be listening to God, but actually we find out he had a pattern of earning money by doing wrong. He had this habit of using his gift not to honor God, but actually for his own selfish gain. And the Bible says that Balaam was stopped from that course, from that wandering by a donkey. And some people would say, man, what a cool story. The donkey is the hero. And what I want you guys to hear tonight is that the donkey is not really the hero. The presence of God speaking into the donkey to Balaam is the hero. Okay? God can use whatever he wants, but the hero in the story isn't the donkey. It's the presence of God. And sometimes you and I, like, we'll go to, uh, let's say we go to a special event like Elevate. And we hear God speak. And we're like, oh my gosh, Elevate. That's where God speaks to me most. And God only speaks to me at Elevate. And what we're kind of doing there is focusing on the donkey and not the presence of God. And what we're kind of doing there is chasing like the medium that God uses, but we're not really chasing the source, which is the presence of God. And so tonight, man, I shared some big news with you guys that Megan and I are transitioning off. And some of you are like, but God spoke to me through you. And I would say, you know what? That might be true. And I pray that it's true. But it's not about me. It's about the presence of God. And so you guys don't, I mean, it would be awesome to have like a trail of people following me wherever I went. Be like, what's up? High five, high five train. And we just do, I mean, we could hang out all the time. But if you were only doing that because you said, God only speaks to me through Lance or God only speaks to me through Megan, you would be chasing donkeys. And tonight, I just want you to hear that God wants to speak, but not always through a donkey, not always through a burning bush with Moses, not always through a still small voice, but the presence of God. That's what we're called to seek. And and that's why we say stuff like, man, spend time with God throughout your week. Drive somewhere five minutes early so you can hang out in your car in just quietness and seek God's presence. Get up ten minutes early and brush your teeth and do all that stuff and then just sit still and maybe crack open your Bible and seek the presence of God. And can you put in a podcast and can you put on your favorite worship band and can you come to Elevate and can you come to church and hear? Yeah, awesome. And God speaks through people and God has a role for his church and God has a role for those people that you love to experience God with. But God also wants to meet you. And God's presence is what we should be after. And my concern, man, my fear is that, man, too often we get caught up in one particular medium and God's like, it's, it's not about that. It's about me trying to get a hold of you. And when God does speak, my prayer for you is this, that we would take the whole thing, right? We wouldn't just take the easy part. Tonight, there's a question we're going to put on the screen. Um, what have you only heard part of what God's saying? Where in your life have you only heard part of what God's saying? And my passion and my prayer for us is that let's listen for all that God is saying. You know, here's an example in my life. I think it's coming up. 
leaving RSM, the hardest thing I've ever had to do. That's part of what God's saying. That's not all. God's also saying this. It's going to grow me, and RSM will grow too. That if we really seek God's presence, there's nothing that will keep us from Him. There's nothing that keeps Him from us. And so, yes, it is going to be the hardest thing I've ever had to do. It's going to be the hardest thing Megan and I have ever had to do. And we're going to grow. And RSM can grow. Now, I wonder if for you tonight, you might hear God saying this to you. You've stepped away from me. But would you hear this? And I love you. Or you might hear God saying this. You've chosen sin. That's true. The choices you're making, those aren't my choices for you. And... I offer you life. Maybe when you open the Bible or you're around church, you feel God saying you have addictions. And it's hard for you to hear and you feel like, I don't want to be around church and around God because it's just about how I'm messed up and I have addictions. That might be true. And God can set you free. You're broken, right? Something's happened in your life and it wasn't your choice. Maybe your parents are splitting and things are happening in your family you have no control over and you just feel like you're falling apart. And God might be acknowledging that. You're falling apart and I know it. And I can heal you. See, when God speaks, we kind of latch on to one part sometimes. God told me I can't go with you guys. And God loves you and he's the chosen people and I didn't tell you that part. See, God wants to speak, but he wants us to hear all of it. And so I just want us to take some time tonight. In a moment, the worship team is going to play. What do you hear and what do you not hear? What do you hear God saying? But man, where are those places where you're choosing not to hear? It's too risky if I believe that second part. It's too costly if I believe that second part. It's not fair if I believe that second part. And maybe you pray and you ask God to take away your family. (laughs) Lord, my family's a mess and I don't want anything to do with them anymore. And you wake up the next day and your family's still there. Your annoying brother. You're just headache parents. And you're like, God didn't hear me. God chose not to hear me. And we hear that God doesn't love me enough to answer my prayer. But maybe what God's really saying is, I love your family too much to pull you away. See, we hear what we want to hear. God has more in store. Some of you have heard God say in Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. And you've been praying that and you're like, God, I want to go abroad. I want to go to a different place. I want to be somewhere else. Don't you have good plans for me, God? And God says, yes. And that's where we stop. But God's actually saying, those plans aren't like years away. Those plans are now. I have good, good plans for you today to prosper. When you go home tonight, I want to see you looking for me wholeheartedly. It's not down the road. What if it started now? But sometimes we just hear the first part and we think, God's got plans for me down the road. And God's saying, that's true and I have plans for you now. So tonight, we're just going to take some time to pray. And and here's what I want us to focus on is, Lord, what have you said that I didn't want to hear? Where have I said, yes, God, I'll take that, but I don't really want to hear that part.
Every eye closed. Let's just bow our heads tonight as we focus in on God. It's not super spiritual to bow your head or to close your eyes, but it is very practical that we would lower ourselves in God's presence. In the old days, you'd come into the presence of a king and you would bow. And you acknowledged his authority. You acknowledged his power. You acknowledged that he was someone you wanted to submit to. And tonight, God, as we come into your presence and we bow our heads, and God, we may not bow our knees, but in our hearts, we are bowing our emotions to what you have to say. God, we're, we're bowing our plans to what you have to say, and we say that we submit. God, you are someone I want to follow. Your voice is the one I want to hear, and I don't want to edit it, God. I want to take it all in. It's easy for me to hear from you, God, that I've missed the mark. It's not easy for me to hear that you love me and want to restore me. God, it's easy for me to hear that I've made all these mistakes and I've seen that, I believe that. But God, it's not easy for me to hear that you have a future for me with freedom. I can't receive that. Tonight, Lord, as a group, we're just saying we want it all. We want it all, Lord. We want to hear from you. And would you speak? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together, you guys. Whole life I place 